whatever you've learned in the past, whatever you have received in the past, whatever you've heard in the past and seen in me, and you've practiced these things, the God of peace will be with you. Now, look, we know that we are not always practicing what we understand to be true from Scripture. Sometimes it's easy to understand, and it is difficult to put into practice. But it doesn't mean we don't try. And when we practice those good things, the God of peace will be with you. Welcome to Change for Your Dollar, a podcast where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money and faith. I'm your host, John Putnam. After two decades as a financial advisor and almost 20,000 conversations with people just like you, I noticed that money has a sneaky way of getting between us and God. And whether you have a lot of money or a little, your mindset around money affects your relationship to God and your life. Listen, friends, money's not bad, but it's also not easy. So let's explore together how to align your money choices with your faith, using money as a tool with God as your guide. Because I believe you can love God, have money, use it wisely, and boldly live a faithful life. Hey, everybody, John Putnam here. It is good to be with you today. My goodness, we are at the end of the year, that week between Christmas and New Year's and It's just a perfect time for what I'm going to share today, and I hope you had a fantastic Christmas holiday. I hope you're getting ready for a fantastic Happy New Year, and you know, whenever it's near the end of the year, everybody starts talking about New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals and projects and everything they're going to do fresh in the new year, but not me. Well, at least not today. (laughs) and at least not the way most people think of them. So more of that in the coming weeks. Today, I want to share three steps to harness the power of financial reflection. You see, setting financial goals of one kind or another, they usually top the list of most New Year's resolutions and goal-setting whenever you look at some of the surveys on a national basis. Maybe you want to save more. Maybe you want to invest more wisely. Maybe you need to improve your tax planning. Maybe you need to get that will and trust and the related documents finally wrapped up this year. Whatever it is, usually there is a financial goal in the top few goals of most of us. However, today I'm going to share with you a simple exercise that can make or break the success of your goals next year. I'm going to share with you three steps to harness the power of financial reflection. Because like I said, setting financial goals of one kind or another usually tops the list of New Year's resolutions and goals. But let me share this with you. Your financial future must begin with a look at your financial past. It was Winston Churchill who said it best and so simply when he wrote, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Now, history, we think 
My goodness, John, that's hundreds of years ago. Well, that's true. It can be a hundred years ago or 10 years ago or 10 months ago or 10 days ago or 10 hours ago or 10 minutes ago. Every single moment that passes immediately turns into our history. And our history, whether it's 10 hours ago or 10 days ago or 12 months ago, as it is when we're reflecting on a year. Guys, our history holds incredible power when reflected upon properly and then activated accordingly. This idea of strategic reflection was actually created by the military. They called it an after-action review, or AAR, as they say in the biz. Now, businesses use this as well, churches, nonprofits. It's a very thoughtful way to reflect on what's happened to make sure you take account of that and improve your chances of success in the future. Now, this may sound very big and formal, and it really can be. That would be a formal after-action review. But informal after-action reviews, guys, you do it all the time. It's just part of life when we do it well. But I'm amazed at how few people truly apply it in their financial stewardship. Let me start with a story from my own life in helping each of my kids learn to mow the grass. They all learned, but it was a process. And let me share for the illustration today the process when I was teaching my son to mow the lawn. We had a riding mower at the time, unlike, of course, the push mower that I used when I was a child. And oh, yes, I had to throw that in. And oh, yes, I never let him forget it. <laughs> but that's another story. Anyway, I was teaching him to mow the lawn and he would walk alongside me as I was mowing and I would give him tips and then I would walk alongside him. And the time came for him just to do it all himself because it's the best way that you would learn. And after he finished that first time, I was watching from a distance. He was very safe, did an incredibly good job. But as you can imagine, it wasn't perfect. He made mistakes and we took the time to discuss it. Now, if you stood in the middle of the yard and looked at it, it looked pretty good. But I showed him how you could kneel down, look over the top of the grass really low so you could see any sprigs of grass that you would have missed. And of course, what did we see? A whole lot of little sprigs of grass around that he had missed. Some he had missed because he just got out of the lane. He, the wheels did not overlap enough, so there were little strips where were missed. Other times were on the corners where he had turned and turned a little too sharply and left a gap there as well. And then we took a step back and looked at all of the straight areas where he had really nailed it. He had done such a good job, the vast majority of it, and we began just to work like that week over week until he got really, really good at this. And I have to tell you, I'll never forget the day when I came home unexpectedly finding 
the entire lawn had been mowed. And let me tell you, it looked fantastic. I was so happy. I was so proud of him. And I walked back to my room to change. It was going to go up to say congratulations and thank you and how good it looked. But before I could even get changed and go up to see him, he was running down the steps saying, Dad, did you see the lawn? Doesn't it look fantastic? I even kneeled down. There were no misses. What do you think? Doesn't it look fantastic? And I said, Bud, it does look so good. He was so proud of himself, and he had nailed it. In its simplest sense, that is an example of an after-action review. In Philippians 4, 9, it reads, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What you have learned and what you have received and what you have heard, these are all past tense. So this is what I am speaking about when I share with you that your financial future begins with a look at your financial past. Just like Philippians 4, 9 said, whatever you've learned in the past, whatever you have received in the past, whatever you've heard in the past and seen in me, and you've practiced these things, the God of peace will be with you. Now look, we know that we are not always practicing what we understand to be true from Scripture. Sometimes it's easy to understand, and it is difficult to put into practice. But it doesn't mean we don't try. And when we practice those good things, the God of peace will be with you. And here are three questions to help you harness the power of financial reflection. Financial reflection question number one, what worked and why? That's a pretty simple question, isn't it? I mean, here you're looking for what worked. Where were the good decisions? Where were the good results? Where do you feel that you were most in alignment with God and his plans for your financial resources? And as you're considering this, let me remind you about the nine money moments that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you take each one of these one at a time and think about them in context of these questions, it will give you a much more thorough review as you're thinking about this financial reflection. The nine money moments are giving, saving, investing, spending, borrowing, taxes, planning, counsel, and prayer. If you are single, you would do this alone, or maybe you do this with a friend. If you're married, you would do this as a couple. And for question number one, for example, you would take the topic of giving, and you would ask, what worked and why? Maybe you started giving to your church last year. Maybe you increased your giving. Maybe you were a little more aware of God's nudging of when and where to give. And then you answer the question, why? Why did it work? So if the first part of the question of what worked is likely more of a description of the action, 
the second part of question one, why, is a little bit more of the heart and the situation around it. Why did it work? Why did you choose to give to your church last year? Why did you choose to increase your giving? Why were you more aware of God's nudge in your life? You see, one tells you the action, the other one tells you the heart, the situation behind it. And this gives you the context you need to understand what worked last year. And these items that you come up with in question one for each of these nine money moments, you want to build on these. You want to keep these rolling. In other words, last year's ceiling becomes next year's floor. Financial reflection question number two is the opposite of number one. What did not work and why? Again, thinking about each of these nine money moments. Where did you stumble? Where did you bump into a barrier? Where did you just not make a good choice? Where was an adverse situation where you had control? Let's take spending for example. Maybe you didn't create the budget and stick to it the way you wanted to. Maybe you didn't have conversations with your husband or wife about your spending on a systematic, regular basis. And then think about the why behind those items that did not work. Was it a scheduling issue? Was it a communication issue? Was it a technical issue that you didn't understand the platform you were using? Again, the whole objective with question number two is finding out with each of these money moments, what did not work? And then why? If what did not work is the action, then why is the situation or the heart or the thinking behind it that we want to get into? And as our understanding and clarity grows of those items and actions that did not work, so can our success and our faithfulness with our finances. And finally, financial reflection question number three. Now what? A pretty simple question, but a very powerful question at the same time, especially in the context of financial reflection. You see, the answers to question one about what worked, we want to build all those. We want to harness the power of those successes. Like I shared, we want this year's ceiling to be next year's floor and continue to grow and harness those. Be careful not to get complacent with what worked, thinking that you've got it all covered. I've got spending and budgeting down. Man, my planning and counsel, I've got it licked. Just be careful and still stay prayerful and aware of all those items that worked. Question two, what did not work and why? Because these are ones that we want to pay special attention to. You want to avoid those situations if you can. You want to interrupt those situations if you find yourself in them. And you want to work to make better choices and be better prepared when those situations present themselves. And now that you have a list of the nine money moments about 
what worked and why and what didn't work and why and answers to now what, I would recommend that you prioritize the list and choose the top two to three to focus upon over the next 90 days. And again, just as a note, as a pro tip, I would definitely consider prioritizing, especially those items that did not work, that may need special attention earlier in the year to get those habits and those achievements in place early. And my prayer is that many of these answers that fell under question two this year will fall under question number one next year. And as I close today, let me leave you with a few tips about this exercise. The first tip is just to take a regular piece of paper and put four columns across the paper. Column one is labeled money moments. Column two is question one, what worked and why. Question two is what did not work and why. And then column four is question three. Now what? And then I would recommend taking each of these money moments one at a time and taking about five minutes each. And I will repeat those money moments for you now. Giving, saving, investing, spending, borrowing, taxes, planning, counsel, and prayer. And I would recommend that you open in prayer and you close in prayer. And as a reminder, with the answers to question one, you want to use them to build and grow. With the answers to question two, you want to avoid or correct those answers. And with the answers to question three, you want to prioritize and plan wisely. And just one other quick note, you don't have to wait till the end of a year to do this. You can do this weekly monthly, quarterly throughout the year and stay on top of this on a much more regular basis. It works incredibly well. If you are married, do this with your spouse. And if you're single, you can do it alone or maybe you've got a friend. You all can do it individually at the same time and maybe encourage each other. You know, if you've been listening for a while, I love it when individuals and couples have money buddies. These are friends in your life that you can share your victories and your challenges and your questions and pray for each other, support each other, and help each other be accountable to be a wise and faithful steward. I hope today's podcast was encouraging, and I would like to leave you with a scripture from James 1, 22 to 25. And it reads, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Thank you again for joining me today. I count it a true privilege to be able to share with you each week. And as always, if this was a blessing to you, would you consider sharing this with a friend or family member or coworker? 
and inviting them into the conversation for coaching and encouragement and inspiration about the opportunities and challenge around our faith and our finances. Because God is too good and life is too special to let money hold you back. Thanks again for joining me and I look forward to next time. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.